Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ask me. Ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter or leave If there's one thing I take away from my life with my father and my childhood is that my dad is messing with you 99% of the time. Correct. To the detriment of a lesson or a moral, and that is, as a comic, a huge lesson I gleaned. It's that almost everything's for your entertainment. When I was a little girl, I'll never forget this. This is when you and mom were married. I'll never forget that my parents were married. Uh, no. <laughs> she was. She went across the street for something, and I was. it was me and you and my brother Ben, and you started bird chirping at me. Like a bird. Like, can you do it? <laughs> like that. And I remember saying, stop. And, and I was like, and then you would do like a sympathetic one. And I was like six years old, and you wouldn't talk to me. You just kept bird chirping at me. To the point that I think I started crying because I was so freaked out that, like, that was what my dad was now. <laughs> and you did not let up. And that Hanukkah, if you remember, I bought you a cage. <laughs> <laughs> he had some plans. That is the voice of Fred Schlesinger. A newspaper. A lot of newspaper. My father. I also have a very specific memory. Every family. My One thing you should know about the Schlesingers as fractured of a family because my parents are divorced, so my dad and stepmom have been married for 20-something years. I have a full-blooded wolf brother, and then I have a half-brother and a half-sister. So, but we're, no, there are no loyalties in the Schlesinger family. There are no teams. As It's you making fun of my brother, and <laughs> right. then it gets turned on you. Right. You're on your own. Everybody's no one is an safe. Island. Everybody's an island. Everybody's an island. There are no allegiances. You are on the chopping block to be ripped apart and made fun of. But you didn't mention the eyebrows of your stepbrother. Brad? Yeah. He's That's... got amazing eyebrows. I, I've only met him like three times. Okay. I've well, never had the... But you've seen his eyebrows all three times. They're thick. They're thick. It's, Swarthy. It's like a caterpillar in heat. It's just amazing. When we were little, we had... I remember this was when Blockbuster was around. And, you know, you go with your parents <laughs> on the weekends. And my dad and I decided to tell my brother... He'd be like, what movie were you going to rent? Because my brother's two years younger than me and forever my punching bag. 
And my dad would say, we're renting. Barnstorm. Barnstorm. It was a fake movie franchise that my brother. But actually, they came out with three sequels. There's Barnstorm 2. There's Barnstorm 2. There's the Barnstorm, the Requiem. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And Barnstorm 3. The final final call. (laughs) Barnstorm, the final call, which was the fourth one. That was made back in 2002. And then they made a prequel. They did make a prequel, um, which was Bondstorm. The Dissonant. The Beginning of the End. The Beginning of the End. It was the prequel from a sequel to a So it's this fake movie franchise, and every whenever we go to Blockbuster, my dad would be like, we're getting Barnstorm, Ben. And my brother would freak out. I don't want to watch Barnstorm. Ben never caught on to the fact that we never watched Barnstorm. But yet Kevin Cosner still gets residual checks. It's an amazing <laughs> thing. <laughs> so people have written in questions. We yes. kept you around for two episodes. Too many que- way too many questions. It's an embarrassment of questions. I know. It's 326 questions, and we only have a short period of time left, but we're going to try to get to as many of them as we can because we love you. But wait, before we do it, do you want to take a sick bong rip with me, Dad? Ooh. Is our show brought to them by? No, it's not no. brought to them. Okay. Could you even hear that in the headphones? My sick bong rip from the water? No. no. But I'll, I'll turn it up More really like loud. Gurgle- okay, I'll do it again. More like a gurgling brook. Billabong song. Hey, Fred. Fred. What's your party goblin like? So it's interesting. A great question. Yeah. And my parallel party goblin to Eliza's is very, very withdrawn. What? Quiet, shy, and reserved. And when I get my party goblin on, I become a fucking wallflower. Really? Yes, because... I've never really seen you drunk. Yes, exactly. My parents aren't... I don't... That's not a thing well, in our But family. your uncle was quite the lush. Was he? I don't know. Okay. So, so uh, your party goblin is like the, is like the, the uh, alter ego of who you are. I, I see that. And that's my alter ego. I get very withdrawn when I drink too much, which is rare. I, I rarely am out of control. I've drunk, never seen I've never seen that. Puking on the flocked wallpaper. I mean, very rare. <laughs> I um that's the way I get. So it's not exciting, but it's the truth. That's it? It's plenty. Eliza likes dirt uh Maxwell, that ends well. With oh, an under pathetic <gasps> pun, Maxwell that ends well. No, but the worst, the biggest issue I have is that there's an underscore at the end, oh just to make it totally unsearchable and un un unawkward. Eliza likes dirty vodka on the rocks. What about Dad? Ooh, tasty. I Should know we the talk answer. about mine? Super Tuscan. What did I, <laughs> what did I have for lunch? Oh, and you know what? I like this too. The vodka. Uh, it's a very specific drink. And and you did this once, and I was like, that is the way. Okay, so a greyhound. It's not just a greyhound. Why don't you tell the people? So what I— Enlighten them. What I order is what is called a Bavarian greyhound. That's not a thing. You made it up. But somebody has to start with something. <laughs> Everything starts somewhere. I'm, yeah. I'm on a one-man crusade. Yeah. I'm actually on the Bavarian Greyhound Council of America. It's a, a triumvirate. It is. All right, so tell them. So it is crushed ice, very important, in a tall glass, very important, with fresh squeezed grapefruit juice, not Tropicana, not Minute Maid. It's got to be fresh squeezed, poured over the crushed ice, and then topped off with a delicious fresh sprig of rosemary. It's so complicated. But refreshing. Our waiter was terrified. Right. 
He went and looked that's, for a But manu- that's your M.O. Nobody. Is to strike fear into the heart of the but waiter. But he went two for two. He delivered both brilliantly. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. It's got to be fresh. The amount of times like it's fresh, because at one point it was fresh, but it's not. And I think this is one of the greatest passions of your life is ordering food, restaurants, in general. Yes, I, I would say one of my passions in life is making things difficult for everybody in my life. I think I don't think I've ever heard a truer statement. <laughs> as difficult as possible. I, I have a vivid memory of one time you were like pushing my arm or something, it, uh, pushing my own arm into my own way. And I go, stop. And you go, why would you make it more difficult for me to make it difficult for you? Because I wanted you to start a fight with yourself. I do this to my husband all the time. See that? And I told him, like, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> hold the back of his shirt. I'll just put my arm, I'll put my hand where his is. And he just looks at me. I'm like, I'm just here to bother you. You signed up for I'm just here to make that's life it. just so you knew how good you had it before me. That's my bumper sticker. It's the only reason I'm on plan. When we walk, what do I do with my hand? What do I what do I do here? It's just you cup various your parts. Your elbow. Your elbow, just to okay. por- force your own elbow so out some, in front so of you. So some people hold hands, some people uh, lock arm in arm. I take my hand, I cup it in a cupping um form, and I'll caress one's elbow if I'm walking with them. And I think it's delightful. I don't think you do it to men, though. Try, what? You don't do it to, like, Phil. Not lately. I used to, and... You've had a falling out. And now that I've out. done three to five years in Attica, I'm okay. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. Well, introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable. And it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. It's hard to take care of your hair when there's, quite frankly, too many options. Of course, you're skeptical. Everything promises to give you all the answers you ever wanted that genetics couldn't give you. But when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Every bottle of pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. I love that pros goes in depth. I mean, they asked me my zip code to understand how the water in my area affects my hair. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love the results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash askaliza. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash askaliza for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash askaliza. There was definitely a time where my closet was crammed to the gills with every skort, gaucho pant, crop top I'd worn for the last 20 years. And there comes a time in every adult woman's life where you realize 
you want less clothing at higher quality. And a great way to do that without breaking the bank is upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of simplistic pared down items, but I like to keep it stocked with key luxury essentials that I know I'll wear time and time again, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. I'm a big fan of their washable stretch silk palazzo pants. I don't have time to be caring for silk like I do my children, so it's nice that I can just wash it, and it's a versatile pair of pants that I can wear out for an evening or just out with friends. The best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eliza. Abigail, Abigail, jeez, oh, Abigail. Abigail? No, I messed up. It's Abigail. It's a normal name. Sorry, dot, Abigail. Abigail dot tut. She only has four years of college. In your experience with eating out, what garnish is the most useless? Personally, I hate when I'm at an Italian place and there are herbs all over the plate. Like, right. I want my pasta, not lawn clippings. So, I love that, by the way. Al Begail or Abigail. Abigail. Or the Begails. The Begails of Newark, the New Begales Jersey. Of New- <laughs> <laughs> I, was just I agree a thousand percent with you. That chopped up shitty parsley, I think you're referring to shitty parsley, parsley, has absolutely no playing this weekend at the Roxy. No value on any plate, much less an Italian plate of food. So I concur with you. There's no taste to it. Uh, there is color. I'll give you color. But we can achieve that green color with other uh, tasteful herbs and spices. So now that we're on the subject of food, food. and I'm, I want to introduce you. Glorious food. A worldly man. Uh... But I don't think, do you know what ASMR is, Dad? You know what? (laughs) Of all the questions, I felt like a complete asshole. I did not know what ASMR. I'm going ASMR. Yeah, is it? ASMR. Okay, so ASMR. Do I have asthma? It's autonomous sensory meridian response. And it's basically some people have this, some don't, where when you hear noises and they're small, subtle. Can you hear this, Scott? Because I feel like this is a garbage mic. Small, subtle little things some people get this sensation so somebody wants to know your opinion on food asmr so this is people these are people who tune into things just to hear people eat and i don't have asmr but there is this asian it's a korean is this an la thing no this is a very asian thing it's called mukbang ah i'm gonna play you it sounds like porn doesn't he play for the dodgers (laughs) What is your feeling when I play this for you? Ready? Mm. <laughs> so it's all it's always an underage looking girl or a dude. Do you know the first thing that comes to mind? Wait. Stop talking. I'm not supposed to look. Okay. What does it sound like to you? It sounds like a big fat guy chewing a big wad of bubble gum. But it's a tiny Asian girl. But it's a tiny Asian eating girl. Eating a rice noodle. Eating a rice noodle. Does it and do anything for you? It's disgusting. Is it? It, it? it reminds me of human fluid. Listen to this one. Look at the face he's making. It crunchy, sounds like the opening of Barnstorm. It sounds like the opening of Barnstorm. There you go. The swallowing? Or the finale. Or the fourth. The quadro. Quadrical. I'm just going to do one more. That's terrible. Can we move on? 
It's a gurgling brook, goddammit. Next next question. Korean woman eating Who asked that question? Because I like it. No, who asked it? Meadow.Leanne. You're What's fired. your opinion? You're fired. She asks. Not interested. You're not interested? No, not in that. Come on, let's move on to more important things. All right, fine. AM, what is it? ASMR. Yes, AMSR. All right, here's a serious one. I'll be sure to forget that. Alex K. Two. You don't even want, I, I find it very soothing. What do you, fun. No, the crunchy is soothing? I love how uncomfortable it makes other okay, people. Okay, here it is. It's like somebody walking through a rainstorm in galoshes. What the fuck is that? <laughs> let's, let's move on. Al- we have so many more important questions to it. Alex K. 2.0. I like that. I would love to hear your father-daughter opinion on this. I've been with my boyfriend for five years. Oh, here we, go. we met freshman year in college and have been together ever since. We live together now. We've talked about marriage, and I know it will happen someday, but he wants me to wait until he feels more secure with his Love career. Like how long is... How, this is so mushy sounding. How long is too long to wait for a proposal? It's like a bad Hallmark I'm in the middle movie. of a question! No, but it's like a bad Hallmark movie. It's like, um, my boyfriend and I, Todd, we've been together... Is she, she has a question. Uh, so what's the question? I'm asking you, but you're singing. I'm sorry. We don't have the rights. It's like Evergreen. Mm-hmm. How long is it too long to wait for a proposal? Don't you think at this point we should know for sure and just pull the trigger? P.S. Can't wait to see you in Chicago. Me too, Alex. Alex, you should be able to answer your own question. In some relationships, a year is too long. Four years is too long. Eight years is too long. If you don't know... He wants to wait till he feels more secure in oh, his Alex career. Oh, Alex is a guy? No, she's saying the boyfriend. Right. She's saying, it's enough already. When is this... <laughs> when is this fucking loser going to propose to me? He's saying he wants to feel more secure in his Stop career. Stop it. No, no. Stop it. No, love is not a, a, a bank balance. You if go. you love somebody, you'll make it work out. There's so many relationships that start out and they struggle, but part of the struggle is what brings them together. Together. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together. I don't... And so Alex... You gotta, you gotta hold this guy's feet to the fire and say, "If you love me, bring it, and we'll get through it together." If you don't love me, stop procrastinating and stop getting free. I don't want to say it. Free what? <laughs> say it. Say it. What? What's say the, it. What's the boyfriend's name? Todd. 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 If you love me, marry me. Bring it. I'm yours. If you don't, stop with this procrastination because I'm sick and tired of giving up free pussy. His name wasn't Todd. (laughs) I don't know the guy's name. Sorry. Question for both of you, Eliza. You mentioned in Girl Logic that your dad had an absolute kick-ass and take-names work ethic, which resulted in being gone. I think you mentioned that you were on opposite coast for a while. How has his work ethic rubbed off on you and vice versa in your relationship? And how has your relationship grown now that you're a working adult? I think before you can... Before you can build, sometimes you got to knock everything down. And I had a very specific memory because my dad and I weren't that close probably when I got out of college for a couple years. And I remember you came to visit me in L.A. And we had one of several, but this one was just you and I, not a family thing. Knock down, drag out. I t- you know how I term it? We had a family exorcism. That was a different one, though. Okay. Uh... But this was just you and I, and I remember screaming at you. And I never really had a fight with my dad. Like, I I think a lot of people think, because I'm a comic and I'm tough or whatever, 
that I was like a troublemaker growing up or anything like that, but I wasn't. It was just a normal suburban childhood. Like cattails under a rocking chair, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, nothing like that. Nothing like that. But you and You were I- a good kid. You were a good kid. I was a good kid. The Thank few you. times we saw each other, you were a good <laughs> kid. Good kid. Yes. But we had like a knockdown drag out fight because you can't just say, oh, we're related, therefore, you know, you've got to, and you have to feel heard. As- and, and I've really felt. That that weekend, and and you remember I reached for the phone to rebook to my leave. flight. I, I was going to leave. We were on La Brea. And you said you're not fucking leaving. We're going to get. We're going to battle through this. And I felt at that po- uh, point in time that we were either going to get closer together, or I would never see you again through no fault of my own. Mostly, it's mostly it was mostly your fault. No, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, but that's it. I think. I think as a kid, you absorb more than you think from your parents. And even though I wasn't around my dad, and my mom is a really hard worker too, but I'm on the road a lot. And I remember one of the first articles, one of the first interviews I ever read that somebody gave to my dad was about him being on the road. And there is, we both just, in the way we see things, there's a very, like, we're both very results-oriented. And it's like, does this serve my purpose? No, get out of the way. I got to get up for work. We're not, I mean, I love to sleep, but my dad's up at, like, 2 a.m. every morning. I have a milk route. It's just, we. you came to play, you know? One of my philosophies, I have many, one of my philosophies is I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. I have no patience, no time to sleep. I require very little sleep. A I lot of people. require so much sleep. A lot of people require Some people do. But people I, love to brag, I only need four hours of sleep. I need like 12 hours of sleep a night. I should be sleeping right now. Ask yourself, listeners, do you bolt out of bed in the morning or do you hit that snooze alarm several times? I do both. Is that fair? You can't do I both. Hit it, I hit it. Sometimes I just need like five more minutes to finish the dream because he was like about to take a shirt off. <laughs> or they were about to take their shirt Something off. was going to happen. Something was going to happen. Very exciting. Next question. A.JPEG. What's the biggest lie you told Eliza growing up? Something like you eat a seed and a watermelon grows in your belly. Do you have any recollection of anything like this? There was the barnstorm. I don't. A lot That's of not a questions. lie. Really. No, it's not a lie. I mean, the word li- lie is a very strong word. But there's like word. dad lies. Like, oh, your nana lives in a fairy castle. I'm trying to think. I, you know, that's a stumper. I don't really remember blatantly lying to you about something. Oh, I remember. It's not a lie because lie no. sounds malicious. It's terrible. That's that Stevie Wonder song. Isn't she lovely? You would sing it. This was I was really little. And you, you would always say, Isn't she lovely, Eliza? Yeah. V. I that's went most of my life thinking that my name was in so the that's song. A beautiful it's not a thing. lie. That's a moment. That's a fatherly yeah, moment. Yeah, it's not. It's not. We don't have that kind of lie. It's not kind of like that. Oh, you know what? Ty write that into the question about how we came up with your name. Okay, I'll well, just ask that question. Aren't you going to ask that? I have a lot well, of them. Good, it's so a good segue. what happens when you let the guests It's like Barnstorm 2 to 3. It's good. People want to know. People are interested. Where did you That's get the name important. Eliza? Yes. Go ahead. So uh, your mom and I were watching the uh, iconic movie, My Fair Lady. And the lead character is Eliza Doolittle. Now, Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady is spelled differently. But we needed an I in the Jewish religion. You name your babies, uh, unborn babies, after uh, deceased family members. And Jews don't name after living family members like the Gentiles name, you know, William Johnson III. You know, we don't do that. Nothing wrong, nothing right. It's just, just tradition. 
So we needed an eye for your mother's uh, grandmother's name was Isabel. I, I believe I uh, that's correct. And so we needed an eye and then it just hit us. It was like a, a bolt out of out of the sky where we would name you Eliza after Eliza Doolittle, but using an eye. And then we wanted, we were thinking you were going to be born on Valentine's Day. So your middle name, we were going to use the letter V. Well, we learned in the state of New York, which is where you were born, I think it was another question, that uh, you can't use an initial for a middle name. You can't. So your mother, who was relatively proficient in the language of French, said, oh, I have the perfect one. Eliza, V-I-E, which means life in French, Eliza V. Schlesinger. And 36 years later, here you are. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Here we are. She also wants to know, this is Sarah underscore Elizabeth 28 who asked the question. What's with the underscoring? Why does everybody... People do it to bother me. No, no. Why do they do it? So that no one will ever find Like that guy put it on the end? Because, you know why? Maxwell's plum? Because they want to upset me. It's very upsetting. And look at Blanche. Look how upset she is. Do you wish that you had picked a different name? She said, my mom wanted to name me Sydney, but I'm glad you picked Sarah. Yeah. Great. Great question. Do you want to, was it going to be? Of course you, we wanted to name you Eliza. If we didn't, we would have named you something oh, that's else. that's fair. We would have named you Madeline. But we liked Eliza. It was a great name. And and frankly, there were very few cool names that started with the letter I. And I don't think Eliza's one of them. And by the way, to this day, when you Google Eliza, you don't have to Google I-L-I-Z-A. You Google, or like if you type into your like Netflix in the search yeah. box, it's I-L-I. Boom, it comes right if up. If you Google Eliza, the first thing that comes up is Eliza Feet. Because people are fucking weird. Angela Johnson, my buddy, says, in which ways is Eliza like you? Um, clearly, what we share in common, going back to a question earlier, is our uh, relentless work ethic. I term her work ethic and my work ethic to be relentless. And if you were to look at where that came from, it didn't come from me. As her sense of humor came through me, through my dad, who was an amazing, an amazing businessman and who had an impeccable work ethic and who taught me so many things like one of his pearls of wisdom early on. He had two that I I actually talk about four of them in my workshop. But one of them is if you're not early, you're You're late. late. See that? But back to me. Yeah, no, no. This is back to me. Back to you. Go on. So it's your work ethic and your sense of humor. And the first nose. Well, you want to talk about that? Well, they know. And the Chinsky hook? My nose, before I got a nose job. Before you were famous. My dad was a little hurt that I got one, but I was Very like, hurt. Well, it's Almost not a- as hurt as when you wanted to drop Schlesinger, but I talked you out of it. I don't think you did. I think people just kept saying Schlesinger. Right, and, and, my- and, and maligning It's you. not a nose for a woman. And my dad was like, the nose is called, my dad's mother's maiden name is Chinsky. It's the Chinsky hook, goddammit. It's God the damn Chinsky it. hook. Yeah, the whole family. The Chinsky hook. Both my brothers, my sister, my dad, my nana, the Chinsky hook. Mark, she's got the Chinsky hook. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. But calling it the Chinsky hook. <laughs> this is the episode, is called Chinsky hook. Oh, there it is. Emily, that's the name of the episode, the Chinsky hook. She's like, I don't care. Next question. <laughs> Not interested. She probably has left the building after four o'clock. Kenzie, oh boy, Kenzie I, oh man, says, did you have a that's my daughter moment? Yes. Yes. Not when I came out. 
of my mom. Oy. All right, go ahead. I thought you meant sexually. All right, but I did never, I've always been straight, so. Well. What, there, what are you doing? Now question- they're going to think that. There were some questionable weeks. There were never some questionable, I've never kissed there a were girl. Some weeks- that's not true. That's a thousand percent true. Camp? What are you talking? Stop that. People are going to think <laughs> this is real. Okay. Not just kidding. And we can always edit that. And it's right? okay so- if you kiss girls, but I didn't, and I don't want this to be like a thing. But you wanted to. What are you doing? Stop. Okay. What was the question? No. Where were we? Did you ever have a that's my daughter yes, moment? Yes. So Eliza was in uh, her junior year, possibly her senior year in high school. And she saw on the bulletin board that there was a improv troupe that had formed. And it turns out there were 10 guys and her. What's the... F- that's not the story. That's my story. Why okay. can't it... Well, it's not the, that's not how it happened. I was on the improv troupe for my sophomore year. Sophomore year. I was the only girl. Only girl. Out of 10, uh, there were 10 guys and you. I but said I, that. Okay. Okay. So they were performing. So this, to my recollection, was like Eliza's very first... Performance, comedy performance, whether it was paid or unpaid, didn't matter. And it was improv. So all of the parents are in the audience, and you're supposed to throw out, like, random nouns. So somebody threw out a random noun. Eliza ran with it and got her first laugh. And it was like, oh, my God. And it was as though somebody pumped comedy heroin through her veins, and she has never turned back. Never turned back? Lucy. Chisky hook. Ah, ah, Lucy underscore N underscore Ethel. Sounds like a chemical What's compound. With all these underscores. Was there ever a time when you were genuinely worried about Eliza's life path? Or was it more like, whatever she does, it's going to be amazing? I don't think it was either of those. Right. Uh, nor do I, nor was I ever worried about you. I always had tremendous confidence that whatever you did choose to pursue, uh, you would be successful at, you would be wonderful at, and I was supportive, would have been supportive in any field of endeavor that you chose. As long as I worked hard. As long as you worked hard and you didn't ask me for money. <laughs> Angie dot under, Angie dot Mena. Hi, Fred. When Eliza started making her way in comedy, did you have any concerns with it being such a male-dominated profession? What did you tell her to do? What did you tell her not to do? You know, I just want to, before we answer this, this wasn't like for my childhood. It wasn't like I'm leaving home. Goodbye, Dad. Like, like I'm daddy's girl. Gr- bindle spiff. I, you know what? Even when I started, I never thought about the guys club because I was only around men and those were who I was beating. And it's only later in life that I'm like, oh, yeah, these guys are fuckheads. But it was never like, Daddy, these boys were mean to me. Right. At my whole life, I've always kind of just kind of... <laughs> Stood up to them. And to your point, um, it almost didn't matter to you that it was a male-dominated industry because you had something to say, and you and I always say funny is funny, whether it comes out of the mouth of a man or a woman, doesn't really matter. It's on our family crest. (laughs) On our family crest on a bed of locks and cream (laughs) trees. Um, And you have proven all these naysayers sayers uh, to be wrong that comedy is what's funny is funny, and you have developed this amazing style, technique, and it has endured for the better part of the last 12 years, and you've never bothered to get hung up on male, female. It's never really uh, been an issue. Yeah. 
Bad question. Next question. Well, a lot I'm of them kidding. are like this. Yeah. Well, it's and a lot. lot of them are like dad-daughter questions. But it's here's a- the thing. A lot of them are any crazy stories from Eliza growing up. I was a good kid. I also didn't live with my dad from age seven to forever. So we don't have any of those. Like, I came in late after curfew. Like, Although, do you want to talk about Shecky Green? Okay, that's not really... Well... No one knows who Shecky Green is listening to. Plenty of people know You tell them the story. Google Shecky Green. No, it's not that interesting. Okay. Because it's not... We don't really... You know what? Sad or not sad, we don't really have any... I think one time one of the softball players on my team, her dad called you racist, and that was horrible for me because you aren't racist. And he was a Jew. (laughs) That was ridiculous. But I don't... uh... I'm not a racist. No, no. I hate everybody. Equally. Equally. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued? What was in Al Capone's vault? Or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay, because you can learn it all on the new podcast, WikiHole, from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with host Darcy Carden and her favorite comedian friends as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to WikiHole, you'd learn that's the sciency term for eardrum. WikiHole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders, how the hell did we get here? Follow WikiHole on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to WikiHole ad-free by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or on Apple Podcasts. Digger Snyder says, Eliza, a lot of your work, you discuss major cornerstones in life, relationships growing up, being a woman, your observations of men are frequently questionable behavior. Fred, what is something Eliza has said or done that has left a lasting impression on you, taught you something you didn't know, or gave you a perspective you didn't have? Eliza, thanks for having Fred on the pod. His brief appearance on your Instagram kills me every time I watch it. Fred, thank you for Eliza. She's rather awesome. That's very sweet. Uh, is that underscored as well? There's no underscore in this one. Thank God there's mm-hmm. no underscore. Thank God for that. That You saved the ink. Save the whales. Save the ink. Um, I marvel. I marvel at the um, fresh contemporary content that Eliza keeps coming up with. She's got this enormous gas tank of talent, of comedy talent, and she's done four very successful Netflix specials. She's about to do her fifth one that she's going to tape the end of May in Nashville. It's already sold out both shows. And what I marvel at is uh, that um, it just keeps coming, and it's natural, and it's organic, and she is real. People find her funny, and people like her because she's real. She's not phony, she's not fake, and her observations are spot on. And the way she presents them, obviously, in a comedic way, are brilliant. Oh, thanks, Dad. Catherine underscore Beverly. This was a paid political I know, right? (laughs) Here's, I'll Venmo you. Catherine underscore Beverly says, which of Eliza's characters is your favorite and why? 
She, uh, Dragon, Party, Goblin, Pharmacist, whatever. Uh, well, I'm interested to know this. I'm going to go early on. Early on in, in your first few years of doing stand-up, this is before your first Netflix special, you developed that whole sheep sound. Go do it. The sheep sound. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in the audience, and I think it was one of the first times you did it. Maybe not, but it was the first time I heard it. And the routine is all of these single women are following each other to a bar and... and it's my whole act. All, a, all my act. All no, it was your... It's it not is a, still. No, it, it yeah. still is. And, and the, 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 the whole concept was all of these single women who are desperately trying to find a man are all sheep. They're all following each other and... <laughs> and, and when she did it the first time, people, it was like they were blindsided... And the the response from the audience, I was in the audience, was unbelievable. And then she just kept doing it, and it became, you know, a moniker. I think you were doing it during the time when you were doing a bit of a bit of a bit of a bit with the pizza, the flatbread. It was the flatbread routine. So that was like you were on Fallon when you did the flatbread. But that was like right in the height of the... <laughs> and, and you still do it. It's a great... Voice. It's a great voice. And you should never stop doing it. Like, you should do a best of a it's best It's just of. different sheep bleeding. Best of, okay, right. best of sheep bleats. No, it's the best of sheep following each other. It's the best of sheep following each other. We have some diehard fans that wrote in. Kirk Soitoya, KWS79, says, Hello, New York Fred, for you. Great to hear you on the podcast. Been a longtime fan of Bala over Liza's work in comedy. After reading the end of Girl Logic, when you made the huge jump from the career of clothing apparel to the financial planning field, looking back on it, how much do you feel that you've accomplished since you made the career change? Has it helped forge an even better relationship now with Eliza as both your careers have flourished? Great question. Is there an underscore in that one? No. Good. See, all of the great questions don't have an underscore. Mm. Those of you that are future questionnaires, try to keep that in mind. Um, So for those of you who don't know, which most of you don't, uh, I had a very successful career for 27 years in the real high end of the men's clothing business. Had my own collection. My background is textile design. Got that from my father as well. And in 1999, the industry came to a screeching halt with a memo that went out from IBM saying that if we allow our male executives not to have a tightly bound piece of silk around their neck, we feel they're going to be more productive, more profitable, and more effective and efficient. So we're going to call that Casual Friday. And it decimated the industry. And so within four years, the industry was a shell of what it was, and my company was out of business. And at 47 years old, I was facing uh, reinventing myself. And in 2004, I reinvented myself, got licensed, and became a financial advisor. So I can't tell you um, – who was the – who was Kirk. The, Kirk, I can't tell you the joy, satisfaction that I've had – over the last 15 years being a financial advisor because I truly go to bed every night knowing that I am helping people, I'm helping their financial future, and I feel I've become a better person by being a financial advisor versus being a menswear clothing resource, and I feel I've also been a better parent and more of a steward of our money, and uh, it has been life-changing for me, uh, becoming a financial advisor over the last 15 years. And I absolutely bolt out of bed every day, and I love what I do. But I think the biggest, and I talked about this in Girl Logic, like you said, but just as a kid, and again, my dad and I didn't spend, like, a ton of time together, 
But seeing your parents, see, watching, I remember you had your own company. I remember when that went under. And I think that's kind of like losing a child in a way. You put so much love. And I remember the warehouse. And I remember I would go with you to cut samples. And I remember like this, the, all of that. And, you know, I think a lot of people when faced with, oh, my, I've lost my job. What do I do? Or how do I, how do I get to that next level or reinvent myself? And to actually see a parent, a father of four with a house and all the American dream stuff. And you're at this, this crossroads where it's like, what do I do? And the, you, the option of failing isn't one. And, it was really cool to see that. And for those of you that are at that crossroads or about to become um, um, challenged by what to do with the rest of your life, what I did is I developed this quadrant, and it was called a self-inventory quadrant. I developed it on my own. And today in my workshops, I do a branding workshop, I use that. And in each quadrant is assets, liabilities, talents and skills and i would like for those of you that are in that at that crossroads to fill in the blanks of what your assets and liabilities are what your talents are versus skills and you know in my workshop we really roll up our sleeves and get into it and i did the same thing with my wife i had her fill out her version of what she thought my four properties were and um through that i was able to emerge and find my path by being a financial advisor. So there's that. But I think also, because we get a lot of questions about job, should I leave my job and following your passion and things like that. I'm not a life coach or anything, but you owe it to yourself to, to be happy and to find that thing. Just because something ends and I get a lot of doors slammed in my face doesn't mean you can't find your purpose. It doesn't mean that at all. Rejection builds character. Shifting questions. Shifting sands. I want to ask, I think food is where people. What about tennis? We didn't get any tennis. There's court. a reason. Why? Fine. I love... Recommend a tennis racket for a beginner tennis player. Quickly. Uh, Out of the box. It's going to be difficult. It's, it's very difficult. They only um, have four fingers. Uh, Babolat makes great tennis rackets at all different uh, skill Babolat. levels. Babolat. They're an old French company. Uh, Wilson. Uh, who's been a main stalwart for more than 50 years. They make great tennis rackets at all different levels, and uh, you can't go wrong. Make sure if you're a beginner, you buy a tennis racket with a wide beam, and make sure that the balance of the racket is conducive to your swing. So there's your tennis advice. Sorry. But these are not tennis players. Sorry. How do you know? You don't know that. I do actually know my audience very well. Okay, maybe they are. I also didn't want to sit around for the answers. But that's going to be my top of the cob, so be prepared. Okay. Hail without the berry. Hi, and Fred. Fred, what's your ultimate food fantasy, if you have one? Or if you don't have a food fantasy, what's the weirdest meal restaurant experience you've had? Okay, I'm just going to answer what's the first food part. food yeah. My food fantasy is to have my own restaurant. Okay, the steak one, the United no, States of America. No, I want to do like a really, really, we use the word budgie, like a real cozy, wonderful, high-end grill. I want it to be called, you know, Fred's Grill. I want to offer great quality no, food. No, I got, I got a better one. You change your name to Mark, and it's called Grill Marks. Grill Marks, there you go. There you go. Or it's a left, it's a, a socialist dictator grill. Grill right. Marks. Grill Marks. Grill Marks. Yeah. Grill with an X. What would your last meal be? Wow. I, but, like, see, to me that's hard to answer because I'd be so consumed with the fact that I was about to die. Right. I wouldn't be hungry. Then I would lose my appetite. Yeah, who could eat? Like, give me some crackers and a bowl of soup. I'll be good. Ultimate meal. Forget dying. 
I got a thing for Chilean sea bass. Okay. I love Chilean sea bass. Isn't it a made-up fish? Isn't it not really from Chile? Well, but it's sea bass. It's, okay, so sea bass. Maybe it's a Chilean-style sea bass. Okay, of the of the ilk Versus of Versus a Mediterranean sea bass. Yeah, yeah. Chilean sea bass. Love Chilean sea bass. I think it's the filet mignon of the sea. What's the worst thing to see on a menu? Like what? Uh, Flies. What's an overrated dish? Uh, that that dead rat, that which dead by rat. the way, which by the way was on the menu. It fell, it fell belly up on the menu. So ask the question again. What's the worst thing What's to see the on the menu? Thing? A dead rat, staring at you. Was that the last episode we talked about? Oh, that was, was the this last one. Episode. No, it was the last one. Oh, but that's last the only story of the time we he ate like, out at a restaurant and a horrible. rat fell on his plate. Gently cascaded from the rafters. It was elegant. <laughs> no, nothing was elegant about a dead, smelly rat. But moving on along. Well, I thought we'd have more food questions, yeah. but you seem to move through them. You don't seem to. This is a restaurant-related question. Aubrey.Elizabeth24. Hey, Eliza, big fan of your work. Just wondering, Dad, hold on. Dad, do you know the phrase big dick energy? No. Sorry. It's the idea that, like, a guy is, like, calm and cool and confident because he's got this big dick, but he's okay. not, like, loud. Okay. All right. If you have any big dick energy ways of telling people to fuck off when you're with your dad and people think that the two of you are an item. I'm almost 30. My what? stepdad just wait, turned wait, 60. I'm telling you the story. we're an item? I'm almost 30 and my stepdad just turned 60. My family went out to dinner and I was holding his hand because I was in heels and the hostess gave us a dirty look. You know what? That whole that whole scenario, is that underscored too? No, it's Good. a dot. It's a dot. Every dot. That's just fucking bizarre and retarded. Stop. Should I shoulder through or say something when people give us a look? No, it's Who cares, stupid. Right? It's stupid. It's terrible. First of all, the di- the dynamics are different because you're you're my natural daughter. You're not I'm not your stepdad. But it doesn't matter. The well, point it is does, it's a father figure. A step- yeah, father figure. That you're not having sex with. Yeah. Right. Oh, stop. I know it's weird to even oh, say let's, it. No, let's move on. Oy. What? I'm, I'm getting palpitations. ASL underscore swim. 92. What type of vacation would you like to take with Eliza and why? You know, we no, we talked about going away together. You want to go to Australia. No, no, but where did you want to go? Where did you say you wanted to go with me? To the bathroom. (laughs) To the men's room. I I like to travel, so I'll go anywhere. I love traveling. I've traveled for years. No, because you wouldn't want to go to, you don't like Indian Uh, food. Oh. You don't like Thai food. It's not that I don't like it. It doesn't like me. That's fair. It goes through me like so, but it's not about food. It's about where to travel to. And what, and you've been to Australia. That's the problem. You've been to these places, so there's nothing new. I would love to go to Russia. Let's go. Borscht. Yes, not Javol. That's German. Oh, is it? Borscht. They have Wodka. Wodka? Say, say it. Wodka. Wodka. Wodka and borscht and crackers. I think it's time for Top of the Cob. Yep. It's the Top of the Cob. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top, top of the, the Cob. We're going to let you go first. Oh, okay. With your Top of the Cob. My Top of the Cob, and I referenced it a bit earlier, is <clears throat> the lifestyle of tennis. I cannot explain to you all how incredibly valuable tennis has become in my life. It's become more than a sport, more than a hobby. I play it often. I play it recreationally. And more importantly, I play it on a competitive level. Three to four times a week. Three to four times a week with my Babolat Pure Strike racket and my RPM uh, blast uh, strings. 
And the dividends that I've reaped from tennis, from a physical aspect, psychological, emotional, social aspect, I've made so many friends. I've done so much business through playing with uh, my friends at the club. Uh, it is a sport for life, and, and I urge you all to consider taking up tennis at any age. And we have guys at our club that are playing into their 70s, into their 80s, and they're playing competitively. And there was a recent article in Tennis Magazine that no. talked about... No. No. What? That one that plays uh, a lot of tennis, a significant amount of tennis, stands to live an extra three to five years. Compared to, like, someone who plays, who, like, swims? Compared to that fat guy with the waist With the belt problem the, from the, the other episode. Correct. All right. Well, my top of the cob, my dad loves tennis. It is a passion that has been passed on to none of his four children. <laughs> but we do have to hear about it. So by virtue of listening, I've become an expert in tennis. But it is not my passion. And okay. I will play with you. But that's not your top of the cob. You have your own top my of the top cob. of the cob. I What's cut your top out of the cob? processed sugar and wheat. For the last two weeks, I was getting a little puffy, and I've seen immediate results. And just for all the dieting and things and exercise, diet is, like, over 80% of your battle. And everybody, like, if I eat this, what if I don't eat this? Cut out. And you used to say this. When you went on a diet, you said, I cut out everything white. Except for my wife. There you go. I cut out flour. I cut out wheat, which I know is brown. Sugar. All all those things. You know, I have a potato once in a while. But just by cutting out sugar, I'll have a piece of fruit, but that's about it. I feel so much better. Like instead of eating the black and white cookies at Cantor's, you'll just eat the black part. Right. <laughs> I'm just, I don't want to discriminate. Uh, but it's true. And it worked really, and, and, and you, that's a huge part of it. And cutting out wheat, you're not puffy. It's so simple, but I really was feeling shitty. And I did this immediate change, and I feel so much better. And now I take off my shirt when I work out, and I check out that body. Uh... Bottom of the cob. How many times have you heard the following? The following call may be monitored for quality assurance purposes. I am sick and fucking tired of listening to that because no company plays that back. No company gives a shit about the quality of the phone calls. That and the other cob, the other coblet of of the bottom. Small cob. A small little cablito is... The surveys you get, you go to a restaurant or you buy something on the internet. I'm sick and tired of getting those survey monkeys. How did you like yeah. the quality? How did you like these? Did you like the way we treated? I'm not interested. I'm not interested in doing your fucking job. I bought it. I paid it's you. enough. You made the money. Leave me the fuck alone. If I come back, that's how you'll know I like it. Correct. If I reorder. Yeah. So, so that's my bottom of bottom, my bottom of the bottom. They both have to do with service inquiries. Yeah, and it has to do with corporate America, and it has to do with the service and the low level of service and quality and how this country has just gotten watered down with pathetic, pathetic, mediocre service, and that today is, ex- is the expected norm. So we've gone from an A country to a C minus, but it's passing and it's okay. And I'm tired of it. Why didn't we get into this earlier? You should have called. Uh, my bottom of the cop on the topic of capitalism and entrepreneurship, I get anxiety when they hand out samples on Shark Tank because I think this is a startup company. You don't have the money to hand out samples. 
Or if the sample is something that's expensive, like we have these lights, they're $500 each and they help in disaster relief, we'll pass out samples. What happens to the samples? Or you're like Mama's Shrimp Company and you're making 40 grand a year and they're handing out samples and the samples stress me out because I think it's wasteful. So do you think Shark Tank is legitimate or it's all... I think Shark Tank's amazing. I love it when I can I spot too. Shark Tank yeah. products out there. I think just the exposure, but when they hand... We have some samples. I'm like, you don't make enough to hand out the samples. And they're not eating all... It's just a waste. It just stresses me out. It's a weird thing, and nobody cares. And and to your brilliance, you did a wonderful mock oh, bit on, on Shark Tank. Oh, thanks, Dad. With the two sisters back-to-back and... It's true. It's always what like... What was the product? <laughs> the, it was cupcakes. Cupcakes. But it was nothing about the cupcake and more I'm Jamie, and I'm Jamie. Hi, sharks. And you're <laughs> yeah, just do like, I don't little, care. Do I'm not doing the bit. Why not? It's so funny. I'm Mandy. And this, this is your show. My sister, Tambi. Um, no, Mandy and Brandy. <laughs> and together we are well, Mandy. Yeah. And we're asking $9,000 in exchange for 1% of our company, right. Terabyte. Right. It's cupcakes for pterodactyls stored in large computers. Right. I don't know. That's the worst. <laughs> Can we have a sample? Can we have a sample? <laughs> Stresses me out. <laughs> Dad, thanks for coming in. He flew in for the pod. This was so great, and this is unforgettable. Uh, I love being with you and spending the weekend with you and doing this pod, and uh, I hope your fans uh, enjoyed our time together and our chemistry. Give us a closing line. If you're not early, you're late. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.